Thank the Lord for everyone who has pressed your way here to be a part of this event today. I'm elated. Thank you, Kevin. I'm elated to be here. Uh, almost 20 years, my wife and I have known this young lady and have had the privilege of, of pastoring her. And she's been a part of our leadership team and a man, one of the ordained teachers. For many years, she taught in the house of God and taught and helped minister to and mentor some of our our teachers that are in the house and many, many, many people love and honor, amen. We call her Elder Catherine because she's, she's one of our elders in our church. We thank God for you and thank God for your passion to see the lives of God's people transformed, amen. Anybody blessed in the place today? Anybody just thank God for what he's doing in your life? Amen. Oh, are you serious? Are you blessed? You really know that it's a blessing to be here, to be in the kingdom of God to be a part of what God is doing, amen. We thank God also, amen, for our brother, our brother Greg. We thank God for you as well and for your uh, ministry to the saints through the airways. You know, the enemy is the prince of the powers of the air. So everywhere that influences hell, say this with me, everywhere, everywhere. that influences hell, the people of God should hold it, amen. Wherever there's influence, the people of God should be the people that are holding the influence and advancing the kingdom of God to all these mountains of the earth. Amen. Yeah. So we're so very thankful once again to be here. I'm going to jump right into what I believe the Lord put on my heart to share today because I want to be a part uh, of what is building in this region. I believe God is doing something really supernatural, and really transformative. Amen. The undercurrents are here. And I do believe that not only is he doing something really significant and supernatural, but how many know I'm a part? Somebody shout, I'm a part of what God is doing. Amen. Acts chapter 1. Amen. I thank God for this network and all that God is building through this woman of God. And I asked her, I said, well, what are we focusing on? And the thing that she said was body function, proper function. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about proper body function. We're going to talk about God's intent. Somebody shout, intent matters. You know, I'm, I'm going to share this with you. Every one of us want to know that we are glorifying God with our lives. Isn't that right? Yeah. Anybody want to know that what we've done for God in our lifetime, amen, has made a difference? You know, the Bible said in Acts chapter 13, 36, it said, And after David had served God's purpose in his generation, he died. Amen? That's what it said in Acts 13, 36. After David served God's purpose in his generation, he died. Amen? Look at my tell Don't miss your time on the earth. Don't miss your time on the earth. You have a window of opportunity to glorify God with your life, as the scripture said that David did. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss my time in the earth. I don't want to waste my time in the earth. I want to know that I have lived an, an impactful life. Amen? I mean, you know, it's not important to be important. It's very important to be impactful. Yes. And I don't know about you, but I want to make an impact. Amen. I know there are many that are concerned about impressing people, but I want to make an impact with my life. I want to know that my life has been used by God to bring transformation to the lives of others. So before we get to Acts chapter 1, which is where we're going, I'm going to give you three things that I want you to forever think about when it comes to knowing that you are making an impact in your life. And number one is this, right? How do I know I'm making an impact? Number one is that whatever you're doing, you're doing it for the benefit of other people. Amen? I want you to ask somebody, who's benefiting from your life? Who is benefiting from you being here? Amen? Number two, number two. So the first thing in that is beneficial to others. 
My life is beneficial to others. Say it with me. My life is beneficial to others. Now here's the second thing to know that you're making an impact. What I'm doing is fulfilling to me. Beneficial to others. Somebody shout, fulfilling to me. You know, people say, you know, I, I have to do this, I have to do that. I don't know about you, but I thank God I get to do ministry. I thank God I get to impact lives. I thank God that I get to preach to all the nations on the earth that I get to preach to. I thank God that I get to oversee and develop churches and, and church leaders and parachurch organizations. Matter of fact, my wife alluded to it. Uh, her numbers are off. But we, through FBCM, our fellowship of churches and parachurch organizations and businesses, we currently have well over 100 churches and parachurch organizations that are part of our organization. We have over 80 churches that we impact in India alone. We have three orphanages in India now taking care of over 50 kids, food, clothing, and shelter for the last 14 years. Somebody said, I get to make an impact. So I don't know about you, but to me, serving the body of Christ and serving the needs of mankind is no burden. It is no chore. I was made for this. Amen? Somebody shout, it's fulfilling to me. Now, the third thing is the most important thing. It's glorifying to God. It's glorifying to God. So the way that you know that you're making an impact, you're living an effective life, is that the things that you are doing are beneficial to others, fulfilling to you, and glorifying to God. Y'all got that? And when you, when you have that triune of experiences, then there's a joy and there's a peace and there's a fullness in everything that you're doing in life. Look, somebody tell me, I do not live a boring life. Amen. My life is exciting. Somebody say, I get to serve God. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that because I remember where I came from. Anybody remember where you came from? Anybody remember some of the things God drug you out of to bring you to himself? So you should be glad God didn't leave you where you were. Is anybody excited about the fact that God, somebody shall love, came running for me? So it doesn't take much for me to get excited about what God has done in my life because I realized that love came running for me. And it brought me from darkness and brought me into the light of God. And my life has never been the same. 31 years ago, I came to Christ when I was 22 years old. And my life has never been the same. So serving God all of these years has been a joy. Amen? Amen. Proper body function. Acts chapter 1, we're going to go there, verse 16. It says, Men and brethren, this scripture might needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us and obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased the field with the reward of iniquity and fallen headlong. He burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem insomuch as that field is called in the proper tongue of Keldama, that is to say the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. And his bishopric let another take. Therefore, wherefore of these men which have companion, uh, have accompanied us all the time the Lord went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained. Somebody shout, must one be ordained. Watch this. And, uh, to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed to Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Lord, thou knowest the hearts of all men. Show whether of these two you have chosen 
that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. Somebody shout, he was numbered with the eleven. Amen. Now, there are several things I want you to, I, I want to point out as we get into this topic, proper body function. Somebody shout, God, God. is the God of order. Not only is God a God of order, but God is a God who delights in balance and also in symmetry. Anybody notice that about God and the way he creates things? Yeah. Now, one of the reasons for that, I want you to take note of this. You're taking notes. Somebody shout, patterns, patterns. Glorify, God. glorify God. You know, if you remember back in the book of Exodus, Moses didn't just come down off the mountain and decide that he was going to build God a place of any type or of any shape or of any making. But there were very specific instructions that Moses received off the mountain from God. Isn't that right? Yeah. And the Lord told Moses in the book of Exodus, see to it that you do everything according to the pattern that was shown to you upon the mountain. Am I right? Yeah. And the Bible said in Exodus chapter 40 that after Moses had done everything according to pattern, somebody shout patterns, yeah. matter to God. He says, he's, after Moses did everything according to the pattern that God has shown him on the mountain, Exodus 40 says, the glory of the Lord filled the temple so the priests were not able to minister. Amen. Now, why am I saying that? Because, watch this now, because God is a God of order, God is a God of pattern, because patterns manifest glory. Yeah. Oh, come on, somebody. I said patterns manifest glory. Well, what does that have to do with what we just read about in Acts chapter 11? Well, if you remember, when Jesus chose his apostles, he chose 12 of them. Somebody shout 12, 12. Not, 11. not 11. So what Peter recognized is that if he chose 12, the pattern is 12. Yes. And so Peter went through, in the leadership of Peter, he went through to, to seek the Lord about adding another individual so the pattern would be put back in place. Somebody shout put it back in place. And I believe that's one of the things that we're seeing right now when you look at the body of Christ. Uh, Apostle and I were talking about this a little bit earlier, and we see so much of talk about apostolic ministry. Anybody knows a lot of conversation about apostolic ministry? And I believe that there is something to that. And a lot of times what happens is that we get, we get caught up in who's false and who's real, and we miss the whole point. Somebody shout, don't miss the point. You know, one of the things the Lord told me a long time ago, I heard this a long time ago, and I want to reiterate it for those who are avoiding being what God called you to be because somebody else has misused the office. And here's what I want you to know. Somebody shout, misuse is not an answer for disuse. Correct use is. Come on, tell somebody, make sure you're using it correctly. So what matters is not, watch this now. So what matters is not who didn't do what they should do in a certain role. What matters is what you do with it. Amen. What matters is that you have the right heart. What matters is that you have the right mindset. What matters is that you're doing things to glorify God and not for your own self-aggrandizement. Come on, tell somebody, don't be puffing yourself up. It's, it's somebody shout, it's not about me. It's about what the Lord is doing through us in order to impact the lives of other people. Somebody shout, God is a God of order. So I believe that one of the reasons there's so much conversation around apostolic ministry is because God is a God of order. I want you to think about the circumstances in which Jesus ascended at the right hand of God. When he went up and was ascended at the right hand of God, when you look at the structure of the church at Jesus' ascension, it was led by apostolic leaders. Y'all yeah. did not hear what I just said. 
It was led by apostolic. And not only that, somebody shout plurality. plurality. See, what we did is we created a one-horned monster. We created a unicorn where the only gift we see is the gift of the pastor leading the church. Somebody shout, that's a unicorn. When in fact, when you read about the first century church, there were apostles and there were prophets and there were evangelists and there were pastors and there were teachers. Somebody shout, there was plurality. And one of the things that God is doing right now, somebody shout, he's resetting his order. Y'all hear what I just said? He's putting things back the way they were when he left. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And so that's one of the reasons there's such an apostolic thrust because apostolic leaders are establishmentarians by nature. Apostolic leaders are concerned about the order of the church. Apostolic leaders are concerned about the fact that the church needs to function the way God intended for the church to function. Apostolic leaders are concerned about, watch this, somebody shout the glory of God. Listen, it doesn't matter to true apostle and apostolic leaders, it doesn't matter how many people come to church. Oh, come on. It does not matter whether our name is recognized or not. It does not matter what anybody thinks about true apostolic leaders. What matters is order. Why? Because when things are in order and when things function according to God's intention, somebody shout, God is glorified. Y'all don't hear what I just said. And there are many of us that shout glory to God, but we don't understand God is not necessarily glorified by you shouting glory to God. Jesus said, here is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Somebody shout, fruit is what matters. We can shout all day long, we can say glory to God and thank you Jesus, and that does not mean God is being glorified. But when something is functioning according to the way the Father created it, somebody shout, God is glorified. When your life is producing what your creator intended, somebody shout, God is glorified. When you get off your excuses and start doing exactly what he told you to do, then God is glorified. He's not necessarily glorified by these accolades that we give him. What matters, somebody shout, what matters is proper function. I want you to ask two people, are you functioning the way the creator intended? Come on, ask somebody, are you functioning the way the creator intended? So what matters is proper function. Say it with me, what matters is proper function. And one of the things that irritates me as an apostolic leader is when I look at the body of Christ and I see his name on it, but I don't see it functioning the way he intended for it to function and operate. My God. Gotta hear what I just said. Somebody shout, God is pleased by faith, but he's glorified by production. I'm going to say that again. For without faith, it's what? That's Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You want to know your life is pleasing to God, all you got to do is walk by what? Walk by faith and not by what? That's how you know your life is pleasing to God. But just because your life pleases God doesn't mean it glorifies him. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Pleasing God and glorifying God are two different things. Because God is pleased with faith. Watch this now. But God is glorified with production. Ask somebody, what are you producing with your life? Come on, ask somebody, what are you producing with your life? Now I'm going to give you the scripture on that because I'm not just talking. John 15 verse 8. Jesus, the son of God. Listen to what Jesus said because what Jesus said matters, not what Mark Jones said. Jesus said in John 15 8. Herein. Is my father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Somebody shout, fruit matters to God. Now I want you to think about this. Fruit is the result of a process. Fruit is called production. Fruit is the out, fruit is what is processed from a seed. Isn't that right? 
So Jesus told us, my father is glorified by production. Oh my God. My father is glorified when your life fits the context for which he gave you your life. Y'all realize God had a plan for your life before you had a first birthday? Yeah. Anybody figure that out yet? Look at somebody tell me, you don't decide your purpose. Come on, tell somebody, you don't decide your purpose. Come on, tell somebody else, you don't decide your Listen, you discover your purpose. Wow, when you see God, he begins revealing to you his purpose for your life. You don't get to decide your purpose. I don't see myself as a pastor. Well, then you don't see right. Amen. Oh, God. Well, I don't, I don't see myself as a preacher. Well, then you don't see right. Amen. The question is, what did God mean by putting that spirit in that body in this lifetime? Y'all got that? Well, what's up? Well, what does the Bible say? Ephesians 2.10. Says we are his workmanship. Somebody say, I'm his. We are his workmanship, created by Christ Jesus under good works which he foreordained. Somebody shall foreordain. That means that God had already decided how our lives would glorify him before our first birthday. Nowhere on my list and on Apostles' list, nowhere on our list was being somebody's pastor. I never wanted to be a pastor. I was a businessman. I was running businesses. I've been a manager all my life. But God called me in the ministry. And then God called me from business in the full-time ministry. This wasn't on my list. It was on his mind. Now watch this now. Paul said it like this. Won't be unto me if I preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you a question. What will you do in earth if you don't do what God called you to do? Come on, somebody. What will you do if you don't do what he intended concerning your life? So Ephesians 2.10 said, we are his workmanship. Somebody shout, I was created by God and for God. Say it again. I was created by God and for God. I'm his workmanship. Y'all got that? Created in Christ Jesus under good works. Watch this word. Which he foreordained or predetermined. That means that I don't get to decide my purpose in life. I get to discover it. Oh, come on, somebody. And then after you discover the purpose of God, you have to decide if you're going to walk in it. Now, why? Because he's not a rapist. Hello, somebody. God will never, listen, God will never make you do his will. But he will make sure nothing else you do works. <laughs> Y'all did not hear what I just said. Look, somebody tell me he's Lord of the closed door. Anybody figure that out yet? He's also Lord of the closed door. He'll close everything now you try to do other than his will. Anybody figure that one out yet? So watch this now. So most, watch this now. So most of what goes on in churchianity today doesn't matter to God. Are you shocked to find that out? I'm going to say that again. Most of what goes on in churchianity today does not matter to God. Here's why. Because number one, it does not emanate from a revelation of his will. God is not interested in us sitting around practicing religion. God is not interested in dead hymns that don't glorify him. God says, say a new song unto me. Why? Because God is glorified by that which emanates from his heart and is made manifest in our agenda. Look, somebody tell me, we on God's time, not your time. We're on God's agenda, not your, not your agenda. Y'all got that? Jesus Christ did not die to start a religion. Oh, God, help me. That's why when they came in and said, how should we pray? He said, pray our father. Somebody shout, father is a relationship. Come on, somebody shout, father is a re- Father is not a religion, it's a relationship. 
He didn't say pray, pray our denomination. That's not what he said. He said pray our Father. He didn't pray Hail Mary. He said pray our Father. Why? Because Father is a relationship. And the only way that you're going to transform your world is through a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and through the, the impartation of his spirit that comes and emanates from the Father. Y'all got that? So the reason much of what goes on in church today doesn't glorify God is because it does not emanate from a revelation of his will. I'm going to give you a scripture, Ephesians 5, 17. It says, be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I'm going to ask you another question. I like questions and I like answers even better. Do you understand God's will for your life in this season? Come on, I want you to think about that. Do you understand God's will for your life in this season? That's the question. Do you understand God's will for your life in this season? Watch this now. Because as I just told our church, ignorance is your enemy. Amen. Ignorance can do more to your life than the devil and a host of demons ever could do. Hello. You cannot afford ignorance. Because when you are ignorant, of the Lord's will concerning your life, then your heart is open to suggestions and lies that come from the evil one. Y'all yes. got that, believers? So number one, somebody said, I must have a revelation of God's will. Now the second reason that much of what goes on in churchianity today doesn't glorify God is because it does not function in alignment with his intention. Ephesians chapter 4. I don't have time to go there today because I want to open up for questions and answers as I see the program said. But there are several things that God said very quick, very clearly about the church in Ephesians 4, and particularly the purpose of the ministry gifts. The ministry gifts are, the, are five ways that Jesus still reaches into his body in order to continue his work in the body of Christ. Y'all got that? Amen. So those in Ephesians 4, there are several things that are revealed for his intention with the body of Christ and particularly the ministry gifts that impact the body of Christ. Here are those four things. Number one, equipping. This is the number one reason I believe that most of the church does not matter to God at all because it does not glory to God. And here's why. Because it's not equipping anyone. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Matter of fact, most church today is set up to entertain people, not to equip people. Y'all didn't hear what I said. People come, and I told our people like this. I don't want you coming in here being impressed by me. I'm not here for your entertainment, and you're not supposed to enjoy this sermon. Hello, somebody. This is supposed to mobilize you and motivate you to get out and do your Father's will. I'm not here for your enjoyment. I'm here to impart something in your life that causes you to get off your blessed assurance and go glorify our Father by functioning according to His will concerning your life. Look, somebody tell me, I'm not here to impress you. The question is, who are we equipping to walk out the plan of God? You look at most of churchianity today, and you don't, if you look inside the church structure, it is organized, watch this, this gets on my nerves. It is organized for the purpose of doing services on Sunday. Yeah. Only and exclusively. That one service. Y'all got that? Where is the equipping? Where is the developing people to discern and to walk in their calling? Where is empowering people so they get over their histories and walk in their destiny? Where is helping people to be able to identify and be activated in their calling? Come on, somebody. Where is the actual equipping work? 
that is supposed to help people to discover what's on the inside of them. Come on, somebody. But we have so many church leaders that are intimidated by people. They don't want them to discover what is on the inside of them. They would rather have people codependent upon their leadership instead of raising up people and sending them out. Somebody shout, God, give us your church. Come on, somebody shout, God, give us your church. We want your church because ours don't work. Equipping of the saints. Somebody shout, equipping. Now, here's another thing that's supposed to be happening. We're supposed to be cultivating servitude. Yes. Come on. Equipping the saints, right? Yes. We're supposed to be cultivating servitude. Uh-huh. Teaching people, watch this now, teaching people that there is a purpose and a plan in the mind and will of God, and you are supposed to be serving that purpose with your life. Yes. You understand that, believers? There are many churches people come in and go out of and have no sense of conviction even about winning souls. And what are we doing if we think, watch it now, what are we doing if we think the only place souls are supposed to be won is at the altar on church? Come on, somebody. And we have people that are, that listen, they go on social media and they're able to reach thousands of people. They're able to reach more people on social media than any of the apostles in the Bible, but they don't know what to do with that much influence because nobody ever equipped them to do the work of the ministry. So they're wasting their time and wasting their influence and wasting their time in the earth when they have, listen, when we have the most important mission on the planet. So I shout, I have the most important mission on planet Earth. Declare it again. I have the most important mission on planet Earth. Why? Because we are ministers of reconciliation. Somebody shout, my assignment is to get people back to God. And we can now reach. I want you to think about this. I have 5,000 friends on Facebook and 10,000 followers. That's 15,000 people. Matter of fact, I just saw the stats. There's 200,000 people in a month listening to everything I said. Tell somebody, that's a whole lot of influence. Now, here's the question. What are you doing with it? What are you doing? You're able to reach more people now, listen to this, than any other church in the church age. Oh, God, help me. With the advent of technology, you're able to reach more people now in the palm of your hand than all of the forefathers of the church in church history. Think about that. What are you doing with that much power and that much influence? You understand that? Number three, number three, we're supposed to be serving the edification. Somebody say edification. edification. People are supposed to be taught how to use their gifts to build up the body of Christ. Come on, somebody. But instead of edification, you know what we got? A lot of competition. Oh, come on. In the church. Instead of edification, where people use their gifts in order to build other people in the body, they're too busy competing with other people in the body. Y'all got that? And this is how the church misses the purpose of God. And then fourthly, we're supposed to see in the church and through what we do, the revelation of the Son of God in us. Somebody shout the manifestation of the Son. We're supposed to see the revelation of the Son of God on the inside of us. So as such, this church as it's currently structured could not possibly bring forth the glory of God even though it has his name on it. Somebody shout, we have a problem. We have a problem. So the Bible tells us that the body is made up of a bunch of many parts of which functionality is paramount of importance. Somebody shout, titles are not important. 
Now watch this now, because in most churches, we don't really see body function. Somebody shout proper body function. I'm going to give you Ephesians 4.16. It says, from, the whole, from whom the whole body jointly fit together and compacted by that, watch this, which every joint supplies. Somebody shout, every joint supplies. Say it again, every joint supplies. Watch what it says. According to the effectual working in the same measure of every part, make an increase of the body of Christ unto the edifying of itself in love. You know what, you know what the scripture does say? Every member of the body is supposed to supply something to the body. Oh, God, help me. But I want you to think about how most people connect to the church, right? And, and one of our songs tell you how most people connect to the church. What God has for me is for me. And people come to church like they come to Walmart. Y'all hear what I just said? People come to church and they come to the ministry experience like they're going to Walmart. You know, you know what they're thinking about? Consumerism. Come on. What I get out of the experience, not what I'm supposed to add to the experience. Come on, somebody. What I get out of the ministry engagement, not what I'm supposed to contribute to the ministry engagement. And the Bible says that I'm supposed to engage the body of Christ as an, watch this now, as an investor, not as a consumer. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. And everybody that connects to the body of Christ is supposed to be thinking most about how they serve and what they offer than what they get. Now tell me, is that how most people come to church? Is that even how most people join the church? No, it's not. That's not how most people come to church, and God knows that's not why most people join the church. People join out of convenience, and they leave over correction. Y'all hear what I just said? They join out of convenience, they leave over correction, and they never make a contributor level connection. Amen. Y'all hear what I just said? They join out of convenience, they leave over correction, and they never make a contributor level of connection. Y'all got that? When the Bible said very clearly that the way the body is built up is that every joint supplies something to the body. So I shout, I'm a supplier. Look at two people and tell them I'm a hope dealer. Y'all got that? I'm a supplier. I connect to the body of Christ for what I offer to the body, not what I get out of the body. Anybody ever figured out yet that if everybody is givers, everybody is automatically receivers? Which means you don't have to worry about receivers if be receiving if you came to give. Isn't that right? So we see a lot of attendance in the body of Christ, but we, see, we don't see a lot of attending to the will of the Father. So in order to manifest the image of Christ in the world, the church has to serve the purpose that God put. So I'm going to give you these few keys for proper body function, and then I'm going to open up, I think, for questions and answers, if that's still what we're doing. So first of all, proper body function. How do we get there? Titus 1, 5 through 9. Titus 1, 5. Actually, I'm going to just read the first couple verses. For this cause, Paul said, I left you in Crete, that you should set in order. Somebody shall order. The things that are wanted and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. And if any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful, not children accused to riot or unruly. So what, watch, the, watch what brings us to proper body function. First of all, a properly structured and functioning system of governance. Y'all got that? 
a properly structured and functioning system of governance. So I shout plurality of leadership. Plurality of leadership. That's what the church should look like. Amen. You know why I'm able to be here and, and share in what God is doing with my spiritual daughter and, and you all today? Because my church runs fine without me. Amen. Hello, somebody. Hello. I always tell my pastors, if your church stops when you do, it ain't structured right. Amen. Oh, God help me. Amen. I'm going to say it again. I don't care how long you've been pastoring. If your church stops when you do, it ain't structured right. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. We have eight pastors in our church. Three of us are full time. You understand that? We have ordained. Uh, I'm, not, I'm one of several apostles in our church. We have prophets in our church. We have evangelists in our church. We have teachers in our church. We have about eight elders that are over 60-some in-reach and outreach ministries. We have teachers in our church. Come on, somebody. We have deacons in our church, and they're not my boss. Amen. <laughs> Hello. I'm going to say that again. We have deacons in our church, or a number, and they're not my boss. According to Acts chapter 6, deacons are supposed to serve the body of Christ to make sure I'm left to the word of God in prayer. Am I in the book? Yeah. The deacons didn't hire me, and they can't fire me. Hello, somebody. Somebody shout, proper structure matters. Y'all got that? So a proper structure and system of governance is one of the right and one of the ways we get back to proper functionality of the church. You know, my evangelists and I sitting around waiting on an opportunity to preach in the church. Amen. Oh God, help me. <laughs> what are evangelists doing preaching in the church? Ask somebody, what the what? What evangelists understand that their pulpit is the world. Yes. <laughs> Anytime an evangelist comes to teach in the church, the only thing they're doing is helping the church get serious about winning souls. Y'all yes. did not hear what I just said. Yes. But evangelists aren't sitting around waiting on an opportunity to preach in somebody's church. Y'all got that, believers? Yes. And you should never have to be ordained to do anything before you start functioning in it. Right. Isn't that right? Amen. I will go evangelizing if you ordain me as an evangelist. Then you're not an evangelist. <laughs> if you didn't have a heart for souls before your ordination, then you're not an evangelist. Amen. Oh, come on. If you were not already a teacher of babes and infants, you're not a teacher. If you can take it or leave it, you're not called to it. I'm going to say that again. If you can take it or leave it, you're not called to it. Because those of us that call to these offices, somebody said, I have to do it. Why? Because it's instinctive. It's on the inside. It's innate. It drives me from within to be a help to the body of Christ. Now, secondly, what brings us back to proper structure? We got to become a perpetually self-developing entity. Say that with me. A perpetually Self-developing entity. Y'all got that? We already read that verse, Ephesians 4, 16. You know what I thank God about our church is that we have people, developing people, who are developing people, who are developing people. That's what's supposed to happen. Y'all got that? I thank God for all the problems in our church that never come to me. Oh my God. I thank God for all the bills that are paid that never have to be paid by me. I thank God for all the decisions that are made that never have to be made by me. Why? Because when you're structured properly, you got a lot of help. Y'all didn't hear what I just said? When you're structured, tell somebody, don't make this all about you. Come on, tell somebody, don't make this all about you. Don't make this all about you. Somebody shout, we're a body. And a body is not just one part. A body is many parts working together for the same purpose. Y'all got that, believers? Number next. What makes us properly structured 
is that we become a living organism, not a dead religion. Yes. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, who also made us competent as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So we need to come back to a place where we are a living organism, not a dead, not a dead religion, all right? What makes us function properly is when we function as an embassy of the kingdom of God, whose purpose is to colonize lands and territories. Yes. Oh, God. Look at somebody tell me it's a takeover. takeover. Hey, the body of Christ is a takeover. Yes. We're, not just, we're not just hoping we survive. Yes. Come on, we are thriving. We're taking over. We're yes. advancing the kingdom of God. We're colonizing planet Earth with the kingdom of God. And that's why we are called ambassadors. Where are the ambassadors of Christ in the room? Yes. Come on, somebody. Yes. Paul said we are ambassadors of Christ. Yes. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Now I want to remind you that ambassadors represent a kingdom, not their own interests. Right. Y'all did not hear what I just said. Yes. If you're ambassadors, that means somebody else paying your bills. Yes. Come on, somebody. As you live to represent them, they're taking care of you. Y'all got that? So watch this now. So when we begin functioning once again, like an embassy of the kingdom of God, with the purpose of colonizing lands and territories, then we're properly functioning. You know, one of the things that we do on a monthly basis, all of our members, too many in the number sometimes, and a whole lot to deal with, but all of our members go and click on our website, what's called a manifesto. And I ask them to turn this manifesto in to me every, every month. The first question on that manifesto, you know what my question is? Who did you lead to Christ in the last month? Now why? What sense does it make for us to come inside, in the case of us, it's eight walls because we have a big octagon, our main building, the octagon. What sense does it make for thousands of us to come into this building each month singing about how wonderful Jesus is and hadn't told nobody about him? Amen. Ask what sense did that make? You have the keys to eternal life and hadn't opened the door for anybody. My God. We waiting on the doors of the church to open. And the doors of the church should open every time your mouth does. Right. My God. That's good, Dad. So I asked our partners, I said, who have you led to Christ in the last month? You know who the most obedient saints are in our church? The elderly. I have one mother that, one mother led nine people to Christ last month. It's amazing. The older you get, the more you begin to understand what things really are about. Had another mother led 17 people to Christ. Up in her 70s, leading 17 people to Christ. My millennials, one or two or nobody. Amen. Come on, somebody. They too busy posting their booty on, on Facebook to get anybody to Christ. They too busy. Come on, too busy looking cute and forgot about their calling. Y'all hear what I just said? But, but over and over again, every month I get a report of souls. Somebody shout souls. Somebody shout souls. 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 It ain't about how many people come to our church. You understand that? But, you know, matter of fact, uh, God told me when I started manifestation, this is what he said, and it's true, 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 two things God said to me. He said, number one, you'll never lack anything all the days of your life in ministry. That's what God said to me. Amen. 22 years debt free. 22 years without lack. God, God always take care of all of my bills. Amen. We've never owed anybody anything. I've never bounced a check. I have 66 people work for me full time. Amen. They've never missed the payroll. Never missed the payroll, never bounced a check in 22 years of ministry. Because God said, somebody shout, God said. God said. 
Say it again. God said. Ask somebody, what did God say? Now, here's why that's so important. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. God pays for prophecy. You pay for presumption. This is why a whole lot of folk get in trouble because you're making presumptions and you're not following the prophetic word that came from God. But God said to me, you'll never lack anything all the days of your life in ministry. Ask me why. Because I didn't want to do this. Hello, somebody. I was called to do this. That means he got to pay the bill. Number two, he said, nothing you buy and nothing you build will ever be able to house what I'm going to do through you. Amen. So God told me, you'll never have a people problem. He said, you'll have a building's problem. Yeah, yeah. And what do I have right now, 22 years later? <laughs> I can't build buildings fast enough to keep up with growth. Amen. Next month, we'll be building 10 apartments for veterans. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. Come on. Why? Because we cannot keep up with all that God is doing through our lives. It just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying? Somebody shout, it's a takeover. It's a takeover. You understand that? We own more property in our neighborhood than anybody except Tampa Housing Authority. Amen. <laughs> now, why? Somebody shout, it's a takeover. It's a takeover. We're not here to just see, be in these eight walls singing about how wonderful Jesus is. That's a part of what we do. But we are here to colonize planet Earth. Amen. We are here to take the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the world. Yeah. Tell somebody the Great Commission was not a suggestion. Right. It was a commission, a yeah. commandment, and a directive. Wow. Go ye therefore into all the world and make disciples was not a suggestion if you get some time to do it. Y'all got that? Right. So I ask our, lead, our, our members every month, who did you lead to Christ? That matters. How have you used your gifts to, to impact somebody's lives? What are you getting out of being a part of Center for Manifestation? How can I pray for you? Those are my four questions that are on my, on my manifesto. Yes. Why? I have a fundamental need to know that we are not wasting our time meeting with you every week. Amen. I want to know that what we're doing is, is empowering you to live within the, the context of our Father's will. Amen or amen? amen. So watch this now. So we, want, we are ambassadors of Christ. Say that with me. We are sent by God. Yes. We carry the message of the kingdom and we live to reveal our government. Yes. Come on, somebody. We live to reveal our king. Yes. That's why we're there. We're not branding ourselves, Amen. but we live to reveal our king. Somebody shout, it's all about him. It's, all about him. it's not about us at all. Amen. It, come on, somebody. Never get impressed with how God uses you because he can easily use somebody else. Amen. 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 Never get impressed with how God uses you because he can easily use someone else. Y'all got that? I'm going to give you this last verse and we're done. We're supposed to become, as a body of Christ, a hub of togetherness and awareness. Say togetherness and awareness. Whose ascending worship invites the presence of the Father. That's what we should be. A hub of togetherness and awareness whose ascending worship invites the presence of the Father. Matthew 18, 19-20. And again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where there are two or three gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Yes, yes. Now remember when we started Manifestations, we were 20 people in the storefront garage. 22 years ago. Never forget, 22 people in a storefront, 20 people in a storefront garage, right? I never have cared about how many people come to church. What I care about is the fact that God has given me an opportunity to impact lives. Yes. 
What I care about, what I care about is I'm gonna say something today gonna get you thinking. And if it gets you thinking, it's gonna get you changing. And these changes are not for Mark Jones, but they're changing to align you with the will of the Father. Yes, yes. I never have care. I believe one of the reasons that God has given me so many people is that I don't, he told me this, when I never forget when I was called to full-time ministry, I saw an ocean of people. I saw miracles, signs, and wonders going on. And God said to me, because that one guy came forth, I gave him a revelatory testimony about what he had done. He gave his life to Christ. And I heard the Lord say this. He said, behold, I've given you the multitude, but you must remember that ministry is always about the one. Look at your neighbor and say, never, never lose the individual, individual in a crowd. So you know what God told me from the beginning of my, my ministry? Never lose the individual in a crowd. Yes. Number one, that means never be impressed by crowds. Yes. Never, listen, never be impressed by a crowd. Never be depressed by the absence of one. Y'all Hello. Hello. hear what I just said? Yes. I don't care how many people come to church. I care about lives being changed. Amen. I don't care how many people come to church. I, if one person, you never know, you may be sitting next to the next Billy Graham. Y'all hear what I just said? All it takes, you never know who you're impacting. And that's why we should always treat it as an honor when God gives us the opportunity to impact lives. You understand that? I never have been concerned about how many people come to church. That's not my business. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So what I care about is that Christ is lifted up. What I care about is that his body is built up. Right. What I care about is that I'm able to expand my assignment in my lifetime to the glory of the Father. You understand that, believers? Yes. Now, I believe that as we get our minds in alignment with the intent of the Spirit, we'll come back into proper body function. Yes. Others will be benefited. We will be fulfilled, and God will be glorified. Amen. 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 Listen, that's my message. I know, I know Dr. Catherine wanted us to close out with some questions and answers. So at this time, we're going to field any questions if you have any at this time.